and welcome to A Star to Steer Her By, episode 249. Whoa! Ooh. What's before next week? We get down to bi- <laughs> before, uh, before we get down to business, though, we have an important message. Ally Carl is back because Yay. allies stick with you through thick and thin, and we're about to hit That's some right. thin. But Carl, tell us what just happened. Oh, uh, in between <laughs> recordings, I poured Diet Coke into my coffee. Oh. I don't know how I feel about it. But I'm warming to it. It's really, uh, I think it's really improving. It might be a sign that I am evolving past my current uh, incarnation. I'm glad you're not allergic to it. Yeah. He's like, why are you trying to Oops, take so. it away from me? I mean, I forget if this made it into the episode, but we had discussed a few weeks ago the fact that Coke is currently offering, but branded more as an energy drink, a like coffee flavored Coke. Mm. Yeah, it's not bad. But this sounds, it's more like. Uh, Coke-flavored coffee, in your case, based on the ratio. Right, probably. And I got, you know, I got some cream in this coffee. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh God. Oh, oh no. So it's, should, should coffee it's ma- like, make this flavor? I, I I don't know. I sort of feel like we should claim it for ourselves. Like, mm. it should be a homemade uh, concoction. This is threshold-flavored. What, what do they call it in, in threshold? Par- Paris right. special? Paris Delight. Paris Delight. Yeah. That's what this is. It can be part of the new Yeoman Rand creamer line. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> we can, you know, do a modification of the Starbucks logo. It's her with just her arms and a phaser in one yep. hand and a pot in the other. Yep, yep. There for it. There for it. Just a whole line. And this will be the Paris Delight. We'll figure out more as we go on. And uh, yeah, it. I think this is great. Copyright us. I don't care what <laughs> you say, it, yeah. CBS. This yeah. is our idea. We're running with it. Sue us, mother. Oh, wait, no, they oh, won't. Oh, no, we don't have no, money. No, forget I said that. <laughs> well, because we don't have money, though, what would the point be in suing us? Uh, yeah. it, it, will, it, will, it can still it's ruin fun. you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally, completely. I was ruined long ago. <laughs> This week, yay! As Carl was foreshadowing, we are discussing threshold and meld. Woo! Wee! First up in threshold, we haven't introduced ourselves. Good point. We only I'm know Carl Chris. is here. <laughs> <laughs> and joining me today are Ames, Caitlin, Jake, and Carl. And Carl's coffee. <clears throat> Carl's <laughs> delicious coffee. I am not going to lie, there's a part of me that's vaguely tempted to throw just a splash of soda into a cup of coffee to see what happens. I, I recommend one-third Diet Coke, two-thirds coffee with cream. <laughs> All right, we only have ginger ale or Diet Dr. Pepper. Thoughts? Okay. Ooh, okay, no. I could see a doc- Diet Dr. Pepper working out. <laughs> yeah, it, I think <laughs> you need is, caffeine for this. Where does one of those the whiskey 3, go in? flavors is vanilla. The whiskey goes uh, in Jake. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. We should send this episode to a coffee YouTuber just to watch them die inside. <laughs> who, would, oh, God. who would you choose since you are... Uh... James Hoffman. Yeah? Do you think he'd be into it? I, I you know, I, I think he he might try it for shits and then go, well, Americans are horrible. <laughs> Not anyway, wrong. <laughs> in Threshold, you might already know what happens. This is a fairly infamous episode, but... The Voyager has stumbled upon some new dilithium off screen that makes them think, hey, maybe we can make the transwarp drive work. But apparently transwarp, rather than just being super fast, is actually the heart of gold 
hmm. from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yeah, that works. In that you appear everywhere at once. So after some issues with the cells ripping off, but actually not, they realize the dream of infinite velocity. And uh, then Paris starts to mutate and he becomes just a horrible 50s bee monster. And he... I think you mean a great 50s bee monster. Well, uh, yeah, he eventually becomes the creature of the Black Lagoon, basically. He goes a little loopy, sounds like he's been taking acid, how the past and the present are all in the future. And then he breaks out of confinement, kidnaps Janeway, and takes her to Warp 10, and they both turn into lizards and have lizard babies. And there is so much more to the episode than that, but that is mostly what it's remembered for, because what the fuck? I don't know. See, I think it's so unfortunate because there, there are so many great things about this episode and there the really last are. five minutes undo them Ruin almost it. entirely. Because yeah. up like, until the last five minutes, I was like, yeah, because I, I remembered being like thresholds okay, except for like the twist at the end, because you see a lot of great Paris development. Yeah. You see a lot of great makeup. You see this whole, this new idea of going past the warp barrier. Uh, it ended up reminding me a lot of a cross between where no man has gone before and where no one has gone before. Which one's which again? Okay. Because that's getting confusing. All right. So in where no man has gone before, it's we go past the galactic barrier. Okay. And so this is the Second TOS pilot? Yes, this is with Gary okay. Mitchell. And Gary Mitchell gets mental powers. Yeah. And honestly, not that different from this episode. When it's you really right, think yeah. about it. Like, it's like a weird thing that's entirely counterintuitive to what you've just done happens as a result. And mm. you turn into a freak. And then in where no one has gone before, it's the, where time and space and imagination are all one thing and the Traveler and Wesley show up and they do a thing. And that reminded me an awful lot of this episode as well, because you can be everywhere at once and the future is the past and the past is the future and everything's a pretzel and I don't know what else. Yeah, like it's I haven't seen this in I don't know how long and it really just watched it. It was like three hours. <laughs> Touche. But like you really it, what it does drown the fact that there's some really fascinating you know little tidbits about paris in here yeah there are he used to lock himself in his room and cry a lot and Ditto. that's sad <laughs> like I'm oh what? especially because like paris seems like the archetypical cool jock kid but no actually he was a very sensitive sad young boy yeah with lots of pressure put on him to be great and that makes so yeah. much sense yeah yeah, and the fact that it sort of eventually is maybe is partly what really broke him down and caused him to take the path he took, you know? Yeah. I'll show you, Dad. Yeah, it's like, there's some, and, and McNeil does really well with what he's given, and God, if they just hadn't done what they did, this would have been probably yeah. much better yeah, remembered. Without the final act, it would yeah. have been Well, so, okay, great. so let's break that down. Break it down what, for us, Jake. What did they down. do? What is the offensive? Because I know what I feel, what, what I was offended by. What are you offended by, Jake? So I would say one of the goofiest episodes of TNG was Genesis. Mm -hmm. Yep, we kept bringing that one up. Oh, is that uh, the one that I kept talking about with the devolving? The devolving, yeah. Stuff? Yeah, yeah, Proto yeah. Barkley and Proto Worf. And, and this is the partner of that episode. It's the other side yep. of the coin. It's the other side of the coin. It is. It is the. Like, yeah, Star Trek has never been perfect with its science, and, and we've acknowledged that. But this one is so 
offensively bad from a bad science perspective. Futurama does so much better with the science that it's bizarre to me. Yeah. Like, they double-check things for their episodes. Like, the, 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 ex, like, and, and they, it would have been so easy to not fuck it up. Right. Just be like. It's a mutation. Yeah. yeah That's all you have to do to fix there's, it. There's, there's random mutations. Yeah. That are occurring and it's leading, but like the fact that they're like, oh, this is what humans might look like in millions of years. Like, that's not how fucking evolution works, you fucking dipshits. You know? Yeah. Of course, no. because we all know that the pinnacle of evolution for any species is the crab. What is, is that from right. something? This is the second time you've said this. Uh, that's that's me, uh, because the crab has independently evolved on Earth like seven times. Okay, yeah, I have heard this. So I was say, that's not that's, you, that's just fucking amazing. Like, yeah, but so because facts. of that, I have said, well, this just proves that the crab is the pinnacle of evolution. That's kind if of it's fascinating. Independent, or it's just yeah. the lowest yeah. hanging fruit. Oh, maybe. But yeah, it's no, it's, easy, happened. it's easy to become a crab. Why can't it be both? Because the crab has evolved independently multiple times, there's actually a word for it. I think it's just like crabination or something. <laughs> crabination? But it's either <laughs> that is not <laughs> like that. The pinnacles of evolution are the crab. All my favorite nations. Carbonation, <laughs> crabination. The, the, but the, yeah, the, the, the crab. Can we put or that the in gator. the coffee? <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, the crab or the what, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> the, either the crab or the gator, because the gator is largely unchanged over millions of years. Mm. I bet sharks are up there, too. True, yeah. Because so, sharks have been kind of just doing the same thing forever. Yeah, so the, well, the ultimate life form is a combination of the crab, shark, and gator. Oh my god, that's well, the, what we, that, that's the movie we the, have to write, guys. The fact that gators are unchanged for millions of years is the exact reason why this episode... This episode's yeah. explanation is ridiculous. It's Completely. the reason gators are relatively unchanged is because there's very little selective pressure. Yeah, uh, that's that's that would be triggering them. They live in a fairly static habitat. They don't have any major predators. They are they are the major predator. Yeah. So there's nothing that's really pushing them to you know it, when there's mutations they just they vanish because there's there's no evolutionary advantage to to, to, to evolving at that yeah point. speaking of they, like if you're talking about it because star trek doesn't understand evolution in no. many ways we're going to talk about them for our blog blog activity at the end so stick around for that there is one thing that's almost interesting about this evolution and that's that someone states like you think about evolution as being uh, becoming the, a more advanced and more sophisticated being, but evolution also works as in a way that it could also make you a less advanced, simpler being if that is what is necessary. Mm. That's almost interesting, but it's not what this episode needs to be. No, no, <laughs> right? Like and honestly, like the easiest thing that could that they could have done and still had putting Paris under lots of awesome makeup. And all this cool stuff. If they just said radiation mutation, because if you're everywhere at once, you have probably zapped yourself with radiation. And you've been inside a bunch of of suns. Exactly. That can't be healthy. Oh, that's neat. And he didn't even have a sunburn. No. Fucking A. I mean, the other awful, awful thing about this episode, in my opinion, right? So you have have the the bad science, Mm -hmm. which is unforgivable, in in my opinion. Is and it, then you wait, have, Jake, can I guess? <laughs> you can. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is it because it's implied that lizard Janeway initiated sex with lizard Paris? Is that yeah, the other reason? Yeah, I don't think reason? that was super necessary. 
But that, that's not what I was getting at, but you no, know, I agree. You know, Paris, it's usually the female that initiates wink. I love that Paris is basically like, I do not here. want to talk about this, and she decides she does. Like, why like, did it even have to come up? Like, it did like, not. Listen, they shared a moment. They had babies. Anyway, go ahead, yes, Jake. Go I really um, hope that was what you were going for, and I'm, no, I'm it sorry wasn't, for but, interrupting you. No, the thing, that, the thing that bothers me about this, right? Okay. We've broken the warp 10 barrier. Hooray. Yeah. Multiple times now. We know that presumably we can use this technology to get home basically instantly. We know that there is a medical side effect to going to warp 10 that you're going to turn into a lizard monster. But we also now know that it is basically instantly reversible. Oh, that's a good point. So why don't we use the warp 10, go home, and have the doctor fix everybody right. when they turn into a lizard. Because the doctor won't be affected. He'll just have to collect a bunch of lizards. Yeah. I, I don't know. Then you end up with lots of lizard babies. I love the... the oh, God. Oh. I just love the image of, like, the Voyager appears above Earth. There's like, oh, wow, and they get in touch. <laughs> and there's just the EMH there, like, look, you're about to beam over and find a lot of lizards. It's a long fucking story. Just run with it. We well, can change also, them back. <laughs> it's also, they, they're not instantly turning into No, that's lizards. true. So, like, it, presumably they have some lead time where they can just be like, you know, let me fix up your DNA before you go to lizard stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's just funnier, though, if they just beam over that's, and just find... Yeah. Find... Uh, so many lizards. Of course, the <laughs> other issue you have, you have to be ready, though, because Kess and Neelix have different DNA, and mm -hmm. what's going to happen to theirs... Right. Oh, that's true. Weird. They're going to turn into some other weird shit. You know, Kess, Kess you know, she might turn into like a, a, a mayfly. And yep, Neil turns into Dan Aykroyd in that movie from last week. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> He's already most of the way there. Actually, no, that's the surprise. He doesn't change at all. Talaxians are the pinnacle of evolution. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Talaxians and crabs. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, like, the fact that they have this technology now and it never, ever, like, yeah, they there's write no it off. For, there's That's no reason for them not to use it at this point. Yeah. Even if it's I, just I send someone out in the shuttle and tell the Earth or the Federation, hey, the Voyager's that way. Can you help? I mean, or if, if nothing else, since we don't know if our logs were actually delivered by Romulan dude from 20 years ago, make a transwarp drone that can like it's not going to mutate and it just appears above earth one day and it's got your like letters from voyager being like we're alive we're in the delta quadrant we're working on it send the emh mm. <laughs> in doubt uh, yeah i i agree uh the bad science is is part of the problem here yeah uh one thing one thing that i that crossed my mind is while there's no way this is future evolution the, what they turn into does sort of look like a Lystrosaurus. What me. is that? They were the dominant form of life before the dinosaurs. Ooh. Oh. And they were wiped out uh, when the dinosaurs came, and they evolved into mammals. They are us. Oh, cool. So I can always they... learn more about dinosaurs. Dinosaurs yeah. are so fun. Yeah. So there actually might be a sane thought behind what they turned into, is what you're saying. Yeah, if they had said they're de-evolving instead of Nope, they did evolving, that in Genesis. You can't do it again. We, yeah, they, I, I realized there would be actually some footwork there. But at least scientifically, then, it would be a perfect episode and would win a, a Peabody Award. Um, <laughs> Carl, I guess it's Emmy. I was going to say, instead of just an Emmy for makeup. Yeah, that yes, makeup we, was good. Did you guys yeah. notice 
Because I, I noticed I was watching the makeup because I knew this won an Emmy and freaking uh, Robbie McNeil was saying like during the scenes where he's mostly just covered in stuff and you can actually see the side of his head pulsing. OK, yeah, well, I, I said it was me. Is it pulsing? Yeah, it's because they had like tubes running up into the, the prosthetics and stuff on his head. But because like people were literally like blowing into the tubes and like, <laughs> pulsing the tubes to make them do the. The oh, moves, that's sick. I love it. It meant that because all he could hear was... <laughs> <laughs> so he couldn't actually tell when to say his lines. <laughs> Amazing. Well, he guessed really well. <laughs> well, I guess no, actually editing. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, Still. that's how it works in TV. But yeah, so yeah, and this did win the Emmy, so that's... Yeah. You know, that is... Uh... I say, I, you know, people make fun of it because like, oh, the episode that won the Emmy is the most ridiculous one, but they... I feel like it was earned. Yeah, mm-hmm. what it won really four makes sense. Yeah, especially considering some of the shit makeup we've seen. In, oh yeah, in yeah. Star oh, Trek's gosh. past, Birdhead, Birdhead, people. Jameson. Oh, <laughs> if that had won an Emmy for makeup, I'd have been livid. Yep. Yeah, but I think I think the real problem here, though, is is story structure wise. Because if you you know this is very much like you're you're driving on the highway and then suddenly you run out of gas five minutes before your destination. Yeah. You know they they run out of good. At mm-hmm. a very pinpointable moment. Yeah. And I think, I mean, the fact is we've got Paris. He, he takes the captain, King Kong style, mm-hmm. refraid. He, he sneaks out because you can launch shuttles on the, the ships without them oh, knowing. Every day. Stop you. They do it every day. Every time. Yep. Every day. It's insane. They don't know where he's taking her. It could be anywhere. It takes them four days to find them. They come down and all of a sudden it's a sitcom. Yep. <laughs> and they're, and they're like, huh. I don't know how I'm going to put this in the log. And and Tuvok all of a sudden is like, well, the female is obviously the captain, you you inferior human. (laughs) And then cut to outside the ship and suddenly Janeway's voice is heard, even though she was just a lizard. (laughs) Captain's log. They topped me from being a lizard. And now I'm uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. My hair is the same length. She turned me into a newt. At the very <laughs> least, you need to spend uh, act as a lizard. Like you can't, you can't waste, a, you can't rush a lizard like that. You just can't. Well, you also and can't rush the the recovery from no. being a lizard. No, nope, you, know, you, you can't. can't. You can't off screen. Oh, they fixed me. You know, yada and, yada yada. And this is such a bizarre occurrence that they will never talk about. I, at the very least, you would have to go to HR. I would think. <laughs> I don't but know what the who's what the head do, of but... HR. Is it Neelix? Ah, <laughs> oh, <God>. uh, no, <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I think so literally, yeah. you know, you need to scrub the last five minutes of this episode and either replace it or just end it. I don't care because also yeah. once once they're they're changed back and and Nick not Nick not wow <laughs> you turned into Nick, Nick Lacarno and a lizard um Tom <laughs> and Janeway are having a, a chat and the chat is just so sad and bland yes. and I was so sad because earlier in the episode Paris was having all these big de- developmental moments for his character and talking about his past and here it's like well I guess I have to learn how to do things for me am exactly. I right Janeway and it felt like wow you didn't really have a good way to t- tie this one up in a bow so you yeah. you hanged yourself with it instead it, it switches from sitcom to after school special it then. did yes and the you know the moral of the story the moral of this lizard story is that tom paris <laughs> has got to work on his self-esteem <laughs> Ra- 
rather than trying to break records and turning into a lizard and stealing and impregnating his captain. Yeah, and then we're going to talk end. in the next episode about how what, what he does with this in Meld and how it does not work. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I got to say, Carlo, I appreciate last week you brought us the uh, math show connection. Yes, square and one. And this week you bring us a uh, dinosaur connection, so thank you. Oh, sure. Glad to, glad to bring connections. Oh, that was a good show. Carl Corner. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's the other thing, though, as you pointed out, uh, Jake, like he's supposedly evolving, but evolution is driven by your environment. Yeah. Not so like just accelerating time. But his environment at warp 10 was everywhere. Yeah. So he adapted to that. But it's what's happening in sickbay, right? Like there would have like if sickbay had an environment where the atmosphere contained that gas that he needed to breathe yeah then it might make sense that he would start adapting to breathe that gas then the question then is why does janeway turn into the exact same creature well right exactly well it's because it's shitty fucking well yeah yes (laughs) yeah it's it's really it really is a shame because you're just like there's some great character work that is just flushed down the toilet yeah i mean you could argue i guess that on the planet that they are on as lizards, oh. maybe there maybe there's evolutionary pr- pressure to to be a lizard to be a lizard okay. on that planet. But that still doesn't explain what happened to Janeway or uh, it to happen to Tom on yeah. the ship. Yeah, right. I, I really like, but the captain's log, well, or the log, whatever it should be, you know, first officer's log. Uh, once we stopped screaming when we realized they had had babies. <laughs> Like, that's really, like, you know, it just should have been, when the babies wiggled out, everyone, including Tuvok, you know, that should have broken down even his Vulcan defenses. They all should have gone, ah, and then just, like, five hours later, ah, are we all, we all got that out of our system? Ah! Well, the other, so the other thing, right, now, we last week we talked a lot about Prime Directive. Chakotay just decides to leave the baby lizards right? on the planet. He didn't even wait to turn Janeway back to ask what she thinks. Because you know what? No. I'm pretty sure the answer is no, we cannot just leave an invasive species on a planet. Well, that's why he didn't wait to bring her back, because he was like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want, I, like, because he's like, you know what? Who's going to end up babysitting these fucking things? Neelix. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, you know what? I'm going to take advantage of the fact that I'm in charge and Starfleet rules can go fuck themselves oh my God. right now. This is why Janeway's animal guide is a lizard. Oh, oh my, my god. god. <laughs> yes, that's no. what I laughed about at the time and couldn't say because oh. remarkably Caitlin had never been spoiled on this episode. Congratulations, so I, Caitlin. I couldn't say anything, but I was like, oh my god, it's so perfect. <laughs> it is perfect that her guide is a lizard. Nope. Oh, Do you think a, the doctor could have done whatever he did to fix Janeway and, and Paris on the baby lizards and turn them into human babies? The thing is, in their development, the question is, like, how long have they been developing? Because they already seem to be able to, like, walk around and swim and stuff. Yeah, they're they're, they're more like tadpole-type creatures. That's the thing. There may have been some weird time-space shenanigans, so that, like, it took Voyager four days to find them. They'd already been on that planet for maybe a couple years, for all we know. Flopping around in the mud, having mudskipper sex. Hot. Ugh. I just, ugh. The babies were cute. 
Oh, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Oh, um, I wanted to talk oh, about yeah, the, the babies. The babies, being cute. the babies were cute. I'll, 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 I'll let you talk about the cute babies because yeah, they were, they were cute. They were like, yeah, they were like little like I don't know. They didn't seem to look quite like the the parent versions. So it made not me quite think that that they were like they an earlier stage of development. They like CG wiggled into the mud. Yeah, yeah, considering I knew it was CG, it didn't distract me. I also no, know decent. at least one, if not both, question marks of the full-sized lizards was a big puppet costume in which there was a little person inside, so it moved around. Oh, dear. That's interesting. I would have assumed it was just a puppet. Yeah, well. Nope, they put somebody in there. I wonder how much those things cost for their fucking 30 seconds of screen time. Oh, my God, so mm. much, and I want one. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were um they were originally planning to not fix Tom. And they were just gonna have that creature be the navigator of the ship uh from that point forward. You know, honestly, I think that would have been an improvement. Make him a little make him a little Starfleet uniform. Aww. Because, like, cause listen, these are the kinds of like innovative thinking you expect from Star Trek. You know what I mean? Like uh well, you know, we now we have a lizard. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he would do exactly that, yeah. Better, <laughs> fucking better than Eric's. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, have you remembered what we were going to talk about, Jake? I did. Yeah. Uh, I was going to mention how, so a couple, so Janeway, when she's, it's either Janeway or Bellana, I think it was Janeway, when, or some somebody at some point was like, oh, you know, your name will go down in history with the likes of, you know, the Wright brothers and Neil Armstrong and Zephram Cochran. Yeah. And then yeah. The, the shuttle itself was called the Cochran. Yep, and I, it occurred to me that 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 was actually kind of a deep cut for when this was produced, which is before First Contact. True. Oh, so I'm pretty sure in order to have recognized the name Cochrane, I think you would have had to have seen that one random TOS episode where we meet Zephram Cochrane. Metamorphosis. Uh, other, otherwise, I don't think he comes up very much. They, huh? Yeah, I don't know if they ever actually said it, mentioned him by name in TNG. So. Yeah, he, he's occasionally right. referred to, I think. I think they've talked about like Cochrane's as like the strength of a warp field is measured in Cochrane. Mm. Yeah, that's right. yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> that's but yeah, it's funny, Jake, that you mentioned that because of course I was thinking of it from our perspective now. Where yeah, everyone knows who Zephyr Cochrane is because it was in the movie and all that. So she's going. She literally she went like, "Oh, Oral Wright and this," and I went, "And Zephyr Cochrane, right when she did." At yeah, nice. the exact same time, yeah. But yeah, no, you're right. That was kind of a more obscure reference at the time. But it didn't. It didn't follow the uh, the classic model of name two people you've heard of in like one, to, and then <laughs> one that that you haven't to make it sound futury. So it's like you know Wilbur and Orville Wright, Neil Armstrong, Zach Thrax of Novus Three, Zephram Cochran, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And luckily, no fucking Elon Musk name drop because no one knew Whoops. who he was oh. yet. Oh, God. oh man, that's that's in Discovery where they that has already that, aged and it has poorly. Not aged well. That oh, that is no. that is probably a fucking record for something aging poorly yeah, in Star that's Trek. That's why you don't put living people. No, in, in they will like let you that. down. Yeah. Well, what's his name too? Aging poorly, uh, the Mooch. That was us, though. <laughs> well, I, no, I just mean in general. Yeah, uh, fair. But yeah, no, like, it's so weird, because until it goes fucking 50s B sci-fi monster kidnap girl moment, like. Yeah, again, I was the there. I was there for this episode. Yeah, when Paris thinks he's dying and dies for a minute. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, that was Although, crazy. I could have done without Kiss Me Kess. Yeah. No. I kind of thought it was Kiss Me Doctor. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I thought. I was well, like, and then, all right. The fact that she does, it's like, you were flooding his body with radiation like 13 seconds ago. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah. You don't yeah, know really, if whatever's happening to him is contagious. She's got horrific lip cancer now, thanks to that. Her her lips are salamanders. <laughs> <laughs> you know that much of the food that we eat is irradiated. I, Sorry, I I don't. Uh, I you know I, I sort of honestly don't like Paris as much as a character as the rest of you you all might honestly. Oh, I like uh, Paris, and it doesn't. Yeah, it it so it doesn't. Like a lot of the speeches don't land with me, but I do like the Paris Janeway relationship. You know, I feel like it would be easy for him to sort of just, like, be the cool bad guy. But he has, you know, she she has put a lot of respect in him. And yeah. he knows that. And I like that about him. Like, How about Paris Kim? How do you feel about them? Uh, they're they're cool. I You know, I, I get it. Like, to me, Paris is the guy, like, you can learn how to get along with him, but, like, when he is transferred out of the, your department, you're also kind of quietly glad. Like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I feel uh, like... I, I buy him as, like, the great thing about having him on a ship, other than the talent, is he's also, like, he's fun. Like, he's a fun guy. He gets mm -hmm. stuff going. No, you no, know, he's I a lizard, not that. a mushroom. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the worst. Hey-o. I, uh... I feel like they haven't actually done loads with him yet. Like, I feel mm. like they eventually do more with him. Like, I'm waiting for him to kind of do stuff. I think that's why they wanted to have this episode, because they realized we haven't done much with Paris, except for that yeah. episode where he got uh, the, the finger pointed at for murder. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like there's more to come from him, if I'm remembering the show right. Oh, there's yeah, more to gets... come, all right. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, the coming is the next episode. Ladies. Nice. Oh, I loved Harry's little yes when yeah, uh, when did. Paris yeah. hit the hit the hit the warp thing. It was, that was, really cute. It was so cute. Yeah, yeah, their friendship is well written. Here's a random note. I have a lot of very random notes. Here's a random one. Gizmodo has a 10 most pointless action figures ever made list, and the mutated Tom action figure is on there. Wow. <laughs> When they say mute, do they mean like when he's got the big ugly scab head or when is it final lizard. lizard form? The the in-between in look when it's a rubber head. Yeah. Oh. When, he, oh, when, he's, the, in the, when he's in the iron lung. Okay. So for the, like the, the two seconds we see that thing. Yeah. yeah mostly. Yeah. Is, when he's, yeah. you know, in sick bay doing that. Yeah. It is. I've said this before. It is astounding how many action figures they made. Like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> They were trying to market like Star Wars, and I don't know if it worked. Probably not, considering how I mean, easy I, it is. I bought quite a few of them. You know. Do you have I mean, mutated Tom? I don't think I have mutated Tom. Of course Tom. he I does. Might, I may have been out of the action figure business by the time uh, Voyager rolled around, because I don't think I have many, if any, Voyager action figures. I have a ton of TNG and a ton of uh, DS9 action figures, but I don't, I don't think I have a lot of Voyager ones. Going back to the science... Mm. Uh, you know, this would definitely be better if they did not try to explain it so much, I think. Because, well, this whole, this whole deal of, of human evolution, uh, the doctor's like, well, this is just what happens over the course of time. And it's like, oh, re really? And the two examples he gives are increased brain space, which I guess his, his head gets a little bit bigger. But then loss of unnecessary organs. Like his tongue? <laughs> Everyone oh, needs a tongue. Yeah. 
I expected oh, that to don't be. Use their tongues or anything. They don't. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, they, they eat bugs and stuff. Lizard, lizards famously use their yeah. tongues for all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. one of their like primary. I was, uh... I was preparing myself for that scene, and, and I ended up not as gross as I thought it would be. It yeah. also looked stupid because it was like it was like taking out like a piece of like, like grapefruit out of his mouth. It didn't look like a tongue. <laughs> no, not well, really. It looked, like, it looked like someone who just learned to do sleight of hand trying to do sleight of hand. Like yeah. I'm gonna turn away from my <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can do Don't look, guys. <laughs> Jake is during doing the, the finger thing. Dur- during the, the episode the finger thing. Hot. During the episode, uh, Caitlin kept trying to figure out where this was going and it's gonna be like don't even bother you're no. not yeah. gonna yeah yeah this is such like a end end the essay by f- five minutes yeah deadline is five minutes away like this is this is as bad as parallel planet development to me it's like in is it aquil yeah. where we decide at the very end oh the, the dog the dog is the guy <laughs> yeah, kind of. And they rescued by, oh, say, Mo. Mo. <laughs> uh, and they turned into, oh, say, lizards. <laughs> oh, such a good reference. <sighs> Here's uh, another my, random last... fact. Oh, sorry. Sorry, sorry. Let me get this one out. And this, you know, this was rough because poor Robbie McNeil apparently like had 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 asthma attacks before. Oh, no. Uh, so when he was doing the I can't breathe oxygen thing, he was like, oh, I'll just do something like that. And then it triggered him a little bit. And he was like, oh, oh good. No. Now I'm now I'm not really I'm not comfortable at all. Thanks. Fuck. Good sucks. job, me. <laughs> good job, me. That feels very Paris. Yeah. And just watching Badly. the scene, knowing that I was like, oh, the poor thing. Yeah, that's horrible. <laughs> Jesus. Glad I didn't know that. Imagine <laughs> almost dying for this episode. Ew, that's worse than dying for the prime directive. Carl, though, what were you going to say? Uh, well, the other science thing was transwarp. Uh, now, the Borg have transwarp, I believe. Is this the same kind of transwarp? And if have, so, why don't they turn into lizards? They have transwarp corridors? Uh-huh. I don't know what the difference is. That mm. might have something to do with it. No, no, guys. Okay. They have transwarp, which ah. is why they're dressed like that, because they're going <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, they have, they have, sure. they have emo goth industrial warp. That's the thing um, they don't tell you. Like it's yeah, like yeah, okay, getting assembly kind of sucks. But every Friday night, there is a bumping <laughs> party throughout the whole collective. Aww. The glow you know, sticks I, come out. It's amazing. Goth ex mortis. I really wish Star Trek would stop throwing around the term transwarp to mean yes. various different things, though. It's it's ridiculous. Because yeah. yeah, like Captain Fancy Baton was all excited about transwarp, but that's clearly not what this thing is. Nope. Hmm. And again, it doesn't seem to be related to Borg transwarp, which uses a whole different system. Yeah, I mean, I think technically transwarp, they're using it just to mean like literally the definition of those words, which is like beyond like beyond warp, like whatever is beyond warp, which I guess makes sense. But the fact that they're using the same term to describe multiple things. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the Excelsior may have had transwarp because it was going beyond the warp that they had at the time that the Excelsior was built. So yes, it, it's, it's trans warp where in, you know, in this one, again, we're going beyond the, the, the warp barrier that we currently know it's trans warp. And you know, the Borg thing, Oh, well, it allows you to move faster than warp. It lets you move trans warp. So I, I can understand why they're using that phrase. It's just really confusing that 
they're using the same term for for multiple different technologies. Yeah, well, especially with this transwarp being very different than either of the other two. Again, it's it's most comparable to the heart of gold. <laughs> yeah, where you and then are you turn everywhere. into a rubber duck. <laughs> yeah, or a little knit version of yourself if you've seen the movie. <laughs> oh yeah. It's Not clever. a great movie, but those sequences are There's good cool. moments. It's got a lot yeah. of really good moments. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, speaking of Little Rubber Duck, I, I made myself a note because I actually really liked the scene where they were trying to, like, when Neelix was trying to help them figure out this transwarp yeah. problem. And my thought mm. was, use the Rubber Duck approach where if you've got a problem... Explain it in a way as if you would do to a rubber duck, because a rubber duck's not going to know what the fuck you're talking about. And if you can't explain it to a rubber duck, then you don't know the fundamentals of your problem. And then Neelix comes in with an entirely different perspective, and they're like, oh, Neelix won't be able to help. He's just a cook and not a good one at that. And then he comes in with a different perspective. And even though it's not like a specific suggestion, it gets them thinking in a new way, like the rubber duck approach. Yeah, and like, yeah, he's not a formal engineer, but he's owned a ship, as far as we can tell, completely on his own for a while. Like, he's familiar with engineering, even if in sort of a kit bash, seat of your pants kind of way. Like, he'll Do we get... still have Neelix's shuttle lying around? We yeah, don't see it, do we? He's mentioned it a Okay. Few times. Yeah. We haven't seen it in a Did... while. Didn't he use it last week uh, to go to that? Uh, if he did, I don't know. Think we saw it. I guess. Yeah, they didn't show it, but I guess that would be implicit. Maybe and they must have gotten it back after yeah. the Armada showed up. Eventually, they're just gonna have to cannibalize it for shuttle parts. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah. I hope they got the threshold shuttle back. Washed off all the yeah. lizard goo. Is that uh, remind me? Is that how they tracked them down? Did they track the shuttle, or did they yeah, find them? Yeah, I think them? that's what I think that's what mm-hmm. they said. They yeah. tracked the shuttle. But, like, if you're Chakotay, do you really want to be in that shuttle? No. Oh, no. You know what's happening down. there. Yeah, I, I, whoever they sent in to clean it, multiple hazmat suits. <laughs> mm. They don't have the luxury to abandon a shuttle. <laughs> Sorry, Shall that's we... my favorite. I always like when Janeway says she doesn't have the luxury to do stuff. <laughs> that's fair. Shall we shift over doesn't. to I Meld? Have, I don't know. I have a couple other little things. So okay. in this one, after we get all the data back from the going to Transwarp that was collected by the shuttle, we get that fucking dick. What's his name? Jonas? I forget his name already. Dick mm. man. Oh, um, yeah. Jonas, yeah. Uh, conferring with the Romulan. Not Romulan. Kazon. Kazon. With the Kazon guy being like, here's some more nefarious thing. And you're like, ooh, this guy is going to pay off. And it's like, okay, they're, they're still seeding it. So I'm yeah. curious, are they going to stick the landing? There was enough seeding already without that in this episode. Yes. Bunch of Kazon just turned themselves into lizards. Yeah. I, I wonder, I do wonder how the Kazon feel having received that information. Because presumably then they had to get the, the update later, which said, funny story about that <laughs> uh, transwarp situation. God, I'm sure all that data they got from Tom Shuttle will be dumped into the same forgotten archive as that data they got from Twisted. Yep, oh, I was thinking again. that too. <laughs> yep. Ugh. Yeah, because, I mean, in theory, the shuttle should have a map of everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, presumably it had a memory. I think I think it could, it probably tracked everything that its memory could hold and then stopped. Yeah, it yeah. probably ran out of room. Because I think they even mentioned that for the next flight, they were going to increase the memory core or something. Yeah. Yes. That, yeah, that's when he first fell over. 
Yeah. This is one thing I like about, you know, this is not a uh, serialized show, but they do every so often they're like, ah, we found out how to make a map. They give lip service to the stuff they would have to do to even navigate. Yeah. Final, final note for me. Get this data down to seller cartography stat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, When Tom escapes the thing and we're watching it from, I think the EMH's little video screen. And we just see Torres and whoever else is engineering say, oh, shit. Then they vanish off screen. And all you can do is watch it. All you're watching is the doctor watching the little screen of what's going on. I thought that was a really good technique. Yeah, Yeah, that was good. That was horror movie. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it was good horror movie. And it was good money saving. (laughs) (laughs) Because you don't have to shoot a big fight scene in engineering. Good not showing that stupid makeup. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was, was not the good makeup. That wasn't the good makeup. The good makeup was the, the previous iteration. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think there's a good reason you never get a great look at that version of Tom, and that's because they phoned that one right the fuck in. Yeah, you know, it's not that I mind that this one uh, Emmy makeup. I do kind of mind that it beat out uh, Deep Space Nine: The Visitor for Emmy makeup. I didn't I, know that. I it did. Yeah, I I realize you could make the case that this is like better because it's Alien, but like. Just kind of bugs me. I don't know. They didn't make uh, Tony Tobb's head bulge. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, that is a way better Yeah, I mean, episode. the visitor, I mean, it was pretty much just like old age makeup, right? Yeah, yeah but it was Isn't good, it? unlike so much of the old age makeup we saw on TNG. I, I, still, feel, I still feel like Nog's face looked like it was melting in that Nog's episode. Nog's wasn't great. <laughs> but Tony Todd's was good. Tony Todd, yeah. But Tony Todd always looks good. So. That's true. You say Tony Todd's name five times, he shows up and regales you with stories. Oh, let's do it. Right. Just make sure you say that. But don't you also get attacked by bees? No, no, that's only if you say the character name five times. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. What about that other episode? That one was cool. Oh, yeah. In Meld. We already for Meld? Yeah. For Meld. In Meld, a five-minute episode is stretched into 45. How you say? Tuvok doesn't understand that sometimes people just fucking kill. (laughs) So, yes, there is a murder in engineering. A Mordor? (laughs) Mordor? (laughs) Moider. A Mordor happens in engineering and suspicion immediately falls on a brand new character who's totally been there the whole time, guys. Mm-hmm. Juan Suter, as played by, uh, oh shit, I forgot Brad Dourif! Brad Dourif. Love him. Who we have previously seen in Dune 84 on this podcast, mm-hmm. and all of you, I'm sure, have seen in Lord of the Rings as Grima Wormtongue. He's also in one of the aliens. I think the third one? Oh, the one that doesn't exist, according to many people. <laughs> He's good in it. I'm sure he is. He's good in a lot of things. But He's yes. also Billy Bibbit in One Flew um, Over the Cuckoo's Next. Really? Wow. You get I to see his butt. He's in one of the We can't list the whole guy's film. <laughs> no, no, we cannot. So can't anyway, we, though? He is there as uh, Betazoid, who, uh, you know, boy, the black contacts on him make his eyes look enormous in a way it never has with any other Betazoid. It is frightening. Well, it's, it's like the size of the, the black pupil is like, so it's like a symbol, a symbol of masculinity and virility in... Uh, there we go. Either way, it makes him look fucking nuts, which he is, because he kills a guy for, like, no, no reason. reason. And Oh, I didn't do that on purpose. So they uh, 
very quickly realize he did it. And once they've got proof, he's like, yeah, you got me. Fully confesses. There's where I hid the murder weapon. And everyone's like, well, that's that. The hard thing's going to be figuring out what to do with him because we don't kill people. We can't just leave him in the brig. So and Tuvok's like, can't we kill people? Tuvok! <laughs> well, and Tuvok's, though, is just like, no, there has to be a motive. And everyone's like, there really doesn't, dude. And he's like, no, there <laughs> has to be. And he gets so obsessed with this idea that he mind melds with Suter to try to find a motive. And all he gets for his trouble is murder instincts. So he locks himself in his room and deletes his security clearance. And uh, eventually Janeway is like, what the fuck? First of all, you didn't check with me about that first mind meld. You didn't check with me about deleting your clearance. Reinstating that's going to be a bastard. And then he's like, all right, quick, bring me to sick bay, but probably knock me out first or I will straight up murder all of you. Uh, they put him in, yeah, they put him in sick bay and the doctor's like, all right, if we completely fuck up his emotional suppressants, that should hard reboot him. And everyone's like, that doesn't sound dumb. <laughs> uh, if we put- that's like a fucking that's like a fucking Dr. Zoidberg solution. <laughs> yeah. Seriously, it's, it's like the solution from Threshold. If we dip lizard Paris in the warp core. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Tuvok has a little freak. And that, that was the thing we forgot to mention last week, last episode, too, is like this is the week of people yelling at Janeway from behind force fields. Yeah. Tuvok's all like, you're weak, fucking kill him. And then he breaks out and he finds Suter. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill you, Suter. And she's like, yeah, fucking do it, you coward. And then instead he just mind melts him again and doesn't kill him. And I guess he gets better and we lock Suter in his room. And I genuinely don't remember if we see him again. We do! Great. So I was going to say, because if we don't, we can just say that maybe during one of the many times Voyager's attack, the whole around next to his room explodes and he's sucked into space. Yeah, he gets like an interesting little redemption piece. <gasps> I'm excited because I do like Brad Dourif and I think yeah, it great. was a fucking crime that he didn't get more to do in this episode. Yeah. So, yeah, like how? How can a man who has studied violence for a hundred years or whatever not get that sometimes people just kill people? People... Well, I mean, it's of the logic. And also, I mean, there could be there's there's possibilities that aren't really considered or talked about, like mental illness. Right. Like, yeah, all they do is very creepily discuss the fact that he doesn't have genetic markers for being a psychopath or being. Didn't they mention bipolar? They did. Yes. Which I don't know if they knew what that meant in 1996, because that's not a that's by being bipolar does not make you murderous. Nope. Right, it's it is kind of strange. I, I believe that what the doctor says is he's not insane per se. But then Brad Dorf says most Betazoids can sense other people's emotions. I can't even sense my own. Yeah, so and here's it's like, well, there it is, right there. Let's yeah. let's talk about this Betazoid thing for a little while because originally, well, originally, originally, it was just going to be an alien that they encounter. Then they decided, okay, no, it's just going to be a human on the crew. And then Tim Russ, because Tim Russ is like the best Star, uh, Star Trek fan on the show. He yes. comes to them and says, you know what it should be is a Betazoid because all of their emotions would totally like frazzle out a, a not Klingon. Vulcan, Vulcan, a Vulcan's suppression of emotions, and then you could have some interesting play there. Mm. But then when they decide that Suter, as a Betazoid, doesn't seem to have, like, the the, emp- the empathy that, mm. the, emp- the empathic powers that, like, Troy 
quote unquote had <laughs> or that, you know, other Betazoids definitively have. Mm. I don't know if they were trying to say something with that. It never really came up again. It never seemed important that he was a Betazoid. Not really. I think it, I think it would have been. I think the, you know, the implication with oh, I don't even feel my own emotions thing is is that, yeah, he's a Betazoid, but he's like, like a sociopath. Betazoid, yeah, yeah. Right. Like I feel like they took a good idea from Tim Russ and then yeah. kind of didn't run with it. Like they should have maybe let Tim write the episode. Oh, I'd watch that. He does I, do that. I, maybe this is just maybe it wasn't really spelled out in the episode, and I'm just projecting this. But I'm I sure kind you of are. felt. Oh, I know I am. It's not in the episode, uh, but I do feel like, at least the way I interpreted it, it is the reason why this mind meld has this particular effect on Tuvok is because he was a Betazoid. Yeah, because yeah, closest... we've seen Tuvok m- meld with humans, or at least I think he's melded with humans before. He's melded with Kess. Mm. Yeah, like there's a throw, an almost throwaway line from the doctor being like, "So what causes? I don't know. Maybe an incompatibility with like Vulcan and Betazoid psychic stuff. Uh, apparently, like Vulcans are pal and Betazoids are Region One or something. I don't know." And th- this is what I like about the decision, though, because it like just playing a psychopathic Betazoid is mm. inherently frightening, mm. and the idea of you know, even if even if they don't say that this would mess up Tuvok's mind meld, like it kind of it kind of implies it. Like it's mm. it, it provides a solution that is as murky as the moral uh, situation. Yeah, I I was fascinated by the doctor's line. Uh, sorry, no pun intended, or no Vulcan joke intended, where he's like, "Ugh, mind melds. They go wrong more than they admit." Yes, <laughs> he's so right. I love I love the criticisms of mind melds throughout this episode too. Mm. Where he's, yeah. you know, his mind melt's kind of an act of violence. I know, yeah. I love that. And, yeah, and Tuvok, like, what? No, no. Can't that be final violence. scene, that oh, final yes, scene is. where Tuvok goes to kill Suter, but instead melds with him, is so erotic. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, whoa, yeah, I was yeah. hard into it. They both definitely came, <laughs> mentally, if not literally. <laughs> like, we always make blue jokes. It's like, no, that. I don't care if the director told them to or not. They clearly went to a corner and said, are we going to make orgasm faces? And they both went, yes. <laughs> oh, they I hope they did. made orgasm faces. Yeah. And this Same isn't time. just us being us. This is like, yeah. what the fuck? And this, this whole thing, you know, this is such a showcase for Tim Russ. Oh, yeah. Who is an excellent... You know, I, I sort of used to think that his performance was stiff. And then I realized, no, <laughs> he's just that much of a Vulcan. Yeah. And like just the idea that he, you know, he is a total disciple of Leonard Nimoy, of mm-hmm. what he laid down. And he is also, he has his own idea of what that means. Like, can't you sort of feel the sort of thing? Well, Vulcans don't have emotions. It's like, well, they do. And you uh, better be glad that they buried them, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and the, you see and that here. He does do that, that very like, I think, he, you know, again, because he's such a fan, I think he understands that. Because you can tell some actors play Vulcans and think, oh, yeah, they're emotionless. It's like, no, mm-hmm. no, they have some of the strongest of any species. They just suppress the fuck out of them. Yeah. Um, and he gets that. And occasionally you know, there is these, you know, like even when when he's being disturbed by the fact that he doesn't get that it could just be a crime of like passion with no reason, mm. basically. And you're know, like, that is clearly a 
the face he's making, he he's slipping and letting through like some confusion and frustration and stuff, mm-hmm. which works for a Vulcan because they do have emotion. He is annoyed as fuck by this. He'll never say it, but he is. I was definitely expecting because, you know, we start this episode or at least somewhere in the beginning of this episode, we have Neelix saying, I'm going to get you to smile one of these days. And Tuvok's mm-hmm. like, fuck you, you're an idiot. But then when we get a really fun scene in which Tuvok has made himself a let's murder Neelix program in the holodeck, I was expecting him after killing Neelix to do a li- just a little smile, but he didn't. I was like, aw, that would have been good. That would have been good. I'm going to say, like, so aren't there rules against making your co-workers in the holodeck? Oh, uh, not if you're Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was gonna say like we're gonna find out later. Like this is just this is just what Tuvok does. He makes he makes his coworkers in the holodeck for fun and murders them <laughs> sometimes. Uh, but yeah, when he got to let loose and go full like you know the what's the word I want here? I don't know. Psychopath barriers <laughs> down. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's Unleashed. funny too because and I don't know if maybe like he was. I don't know if he makes his voice deeper when he's Tuvok or was purposely making his voice a little higher, but like his register changed when he yeah. went like full like Remember me, Eddie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's always fun when you get to watch the Vulcan cut loose. Yeah. And you know what else? He he I got the sense he was still holding back a little bit. Ooh, nice. Like he was not e- that was not even full. If he if he had gone full Vulcan, I, I think someone would have been dead. Or he would have just greased himself up and started fucking. Uh, also an option, yeah. Like, like in that um, celebration that Neelix was saying that, that he should oh, do, yeah. but they haven't done in millennia. Yeah, the, oh, the yeah. Pre, pre-Surak pagan Vulcans who apparently greased up and fucked a lot, yeah. which... By the way, more examples of Neelix being bad at his job. Like, you don't, you don't talk <laughs> like that about someone else's culture if you're the morale officer. No, but on the other hand, he seems to be the only other person on Voyager who's bothered learning anything about Vulcan society. That's a That's good true. point. Like, true, yes. I mean, he he his execution is flawed, but he's he's trying. He's trying. He trying. You know, he's he's read about Vulcans, which is probably more than most of the crew have done. They just go, Vulcans are weird, <laughs> and he's just like, I'm going to learn about them and why. Try to figure out why they're weird. Yeah, he's a useful conversation starter. Perhaps he is. That is, he's kind of like Paris in that way, actually. They're, they're yes. both, that's why they hate each other. Yes. Interesting. Uh, oh, you uh, didn't mention the, the Paris subplot yet. Oh, right, because it doesn't have a conclusion. <laughs> no, no like, it does have a conclusion. The conclusion is they stop it. Tell right, us about it, it Chris. <laughs> it, fuck, it's so dumb. Like, Paris just starts a daily lottery if you can guess what some reading is going to be at noon every day. Everyone throws a single replicator ration into the pot. The winner, in theory, there never is a winner, would get the pot. Tom keeps a couple for himself as the head of the lottery. 10%. Yeah. And then I guess the reason I say is there's no conclusion is because Chakotay comes in and shuts it down. And it's all like, the captain be very disappointed in all of you. And Tom, like, basically calls him an asshole on the way out. And rather than respond like, I'm your superior, fuck you, or anything like that, Chakotay just kind of gives him a look and walks off like, oh, there's going to be a final scene dealing with the implication. Nope, nothing. It's over. Oh, I see. I see. It's like, I, uh, uh, what? I do know there was a scene that was cut 
not quite related to Paris's um, reaction, but in which Chakotay would dress down Tuvok for not being aware that this thing was going on as, you know, head of security. But of course, Tuvok's been too busy figuring out how to be violent. Bro, and then Tuvok fucking kills Chakotay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also, oh like, short of spying on the whole crew, how should he have known that was happening? Well, I mean, there were a lot of people involved in the pool, so... Yeah, but I, I don't know. And I, I feel just... like security officers spy on the whole crew. Well, the problem is security Odo officers... Odo did. Odo definitely did. Well, yes, but Odo was a fascist. We all admit that. <laughs> <laughs> Tuvok would like to be one, but he respects Starfleet rules too much to go full... Fa- like, all security officers want to be fascists. <laughs> I mean, it was true of Worf. It was true of Odo. Well, Odo just was. It's true of Tuvok, but again, Tuvok respects Starfleet regulations too much to go full fat. He wants to in his heart of hearts, but also I'm sure there are security officers involved in the pool and they would have helped keep it hushed up. Ooh, there mm. you go. Yeah, but I, I was fully expecting a scene where like, instead of Chakotay finding out about it, it's Tuvok and he fucking flips out and smashes oh, shit fun. up in the bar. Goes full cool. Jesus on the bankers like, in the temple mm. or whatever. But yeah, it's just one of those like kill Sandrine. It's one of those B plots that could be in literally any other episode. Yeah, and, and it wouldn't matter. But it's also like, for this one, it felt really too like light for what was going on. That too and, true. It that also true. feels, especially yeah. since we're you know we're, we've paired this in our watch with Threshold. It feels like stepping back the Tom character after he had yeah. a lot of very interesting introspective work done in Threshold to be like, oh yeah, I have to work on myself. I've learned a lot about myself. I want to do more things for Starfleet to make a name. Nope, I'm going to start a gambling ring. Yeah, and we're back in Sandrine's, which I didn't realize we were going to see again. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. But the thing is, I really, it does seem ridiculous that they can't have a gambling game. Yeah. You know, like, why not? The gamble on deep space nine all the time yeah weird i mean is it just the fact that tom was taking a cut is that is that what made it a problem possibly but yeah and again just the fact that it feels like there was supposed to be a confrontation afterwards that just never happens yeah just kind of dropped it well you know what that's um that's chakotay's life debt written off that's it (laughs) he doesn't know him anymore yeah it was really weird and why i forgot about it to be honest and yeah, it did. It just robbed time away from possibly developing the A plot better, giving mm. Brad Dorif more to do or yeah. something. That's true. You know what, what I thought was really smart about the A plot? You know, speaking of fascism, I just love that the thing that drives Tuvok mad is that Brad Dorf is still alive. Yeah. Like, that mm-hmm. is that is fascism. Like, it, it's not enough that he's punished. It's not enough that he's away from society. He has to be dead. And otherwise, it's a sign of weakness. And like that's fascism, that's vigilantism. You well, know, that's, it's also that's everything. In a way, it it is legitimately an argument people try to use in favor of the death penalty. It's like, what? So we're just gonna yes. keep them alive and feed them and stuff. And it's like, yes. I mean, to be it, fair, when they're in prisons, you can use them as slave labor. Yes, exactly. <laughs> see, but also the there's just thing. the fact that. It's been shown time and again that it's more expensive to keep people on death row because of all the money you have to spend on the constant appeals and trials and this and that. It's cheaper to just yeah, let but, them live. Well, yeah, in our world, but I'm sure in Tuvok's mind, it was just well, yes. you know, open the airlock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, I also find it interesting, though, that so apparently now he's been sentenced to confinement in qu- qu- in quarters confinement for 
forever. However yeah. long it takes to get home, and then someone Which else will deal with him. Strikes me as shouldn't they have had like a court martial? Like, shouldn't there have been some sort of a trial and the bell that they ring? Um, Maybe not because he confessed. So it's just like we can skip that. I don't know. No. Yeah. Too much yeah, detention works. I assume there would be a hearing at some point later, but he, I mean, he, as a confessed guy with no other suspects. I think you just have to keep him somewhere until the hearing. Oh yeah, Yeah. no, I agree. But I feel like it's like, okay, we'll keep him in the brig or keep him in his quarters and then we'll have a tribunal and we'll probably decide that, yeah, he's guilty as fuck and he'll have to stay in his room, but... Here's I, my, feel like there was some, I feel like there were some steps skipped here yeah. in the process. Well, here's my question. Who the fuck is ship's counsel? Because Tuvok says at one point, I suggest you speak with uh, counsel. Neelix. Seriously. Like, <laughs> one of his other jobs, yeah. As we have bitched about many times now, there does not seem to be a Starfleet Jag on board. Well, there's no, no. Starfleet Jags anywhere since TOS. Well, this, this ship makes a little sense for me not to have one because they were off just on a yeah. on a mission to go and capture some Maquis and that was mm. it. This sure, isn't a but, ship like the Enterprise D where they're actually doing exploring and doing stuff. No, this no, one had a true. very specific thing that it was going to do and it brought on a bunch of people specifically for that task and fuck it. But, but, yeah, that's but we have seen in the past that a captain is, I'm pretty sure we've seen a captain act as... You know, a a judge in a yeah. tribunal, and I'm pr- and we've seen other officers serve as counsel. So I think I think in a pinch they can always yeah, which is has to be what he meant because the way he said it so matter of fact, like there was going to be someone. Yeah, I feel like, like in, was... in measure of the in measure of a man, you know the the jag Picard's girlfriend there, so yeah, just was like the judge. But Picard and Riker, Riker had to be the the Counselor. which made no Counselors. sense. Yeah, they probably make Chakotay do it. Yeah. yeah, see what they should do. And this feels like a really bad early TNG, and I'm sticking to it. Is you go on the holodeck and you bring up programs of Clarence Darrow and <laughs> oh, no. um, fuck the other yes. guy from the Scopes trial, William Jennings make, Bryan. Thank you, and you make them be ship's counsel. You know, Darrow can defend Souter and Brian can act the prosecution. That's cool. You know what? I believe you have a hearing uh, scene in your very next episode. So soon you will be able to... Uh, oh, there we go. Oh, good. To, uh, weigh, weigh this. I do hate yeah. hearing scenes, so I'm not looking forward to this. <laughs> yeah. And here's the I... other thing. Like, two boxes of we're just going to keep him in his room forever. It's like, look, I know it's a nice room, but after a while, a single room, you're going to start to hate it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this this is kind of a fascinating, you know, we don't know much about Federation criminal justice system in Star Trek. And this is kind of the this is the only time in a way that we see it up close. Like what, you know, they have such a primal horror of the death penalty that only we do not have. Only death going to Talos 4. Go Talos <laughs> 4. So yeah. what what would they do if they were in the circumstance? Like they would be thinking, well, you know, we have to rehabilitate this guy. Well, we can't, but uh you know, he's he's um, does he just become sort of like a like a Charles Manson figure in prison and people mm-hmm. like write letters to him? And uh, I don't know. I th- I think he, he would be married. O'Brien's hero because he's killed so many Cardies. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting, uh, interesting bit, you know, when they're talking about him and they're like, yeah, he just seemed to love what he did a little too much. Yeah. Like, mm. Too much. 
Remember, oh, I realized um, at the in the top of my notes when I realized the guy who they who he kills is named Darwin. So across yeah. both of these episodes, Darwin is spinning in his grave. Ah! <laughs> hey! oh, yeah, it's really like, you know, DS9 does all this work to be like, yeah, so yesterday's terrorist is now today's government. And that's, you know, reckoning with your past and this and that and your actions and blah, blah, blah. Whereas Voyager is more, there's good terrorists and there's bad terrorists. Mm. We are the good ones. What? No, no, no. If you're a good terrorist, you're a freedom fighter. Yeah, but that definitely flies in the face of that, I think. Trying to establish this idea of like... Yeah, Suda kind of freaked even the rest of us out a little. It's just like, mm. yeah, we were we were violent as fuck, but that guy's on another level. Yeah, like well, we just killed them. He killed them and kept an ear. Yeah, yeah. Or a spoon. And the doctor, the doctor also says that his record is not noticeably different from most of the McKee. Yeah, which mm-hmm. means that one fourth of this crew is potential serial killers. Yeah, I, I I don't know what to think of that. It's really actually quite dark when you think about it. Like, they claim, they claim that mm. eugenics are not allowed in the Federation. But they seem to know a lot about the genetics that drive aspects of personalities, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I think there's a little stuff going on very quietly. Well, I mean... You know, just because they don't embrace eugenics now doesn't mean they don't still have all of the previous research that was done. Mm, yeah, I'm kind of wondering, though. Is there is there some stuff happening? You know, can you, Gattaca-style, not get into Starfleet if your genetics show something bad like that? Just you saying. know what? It's probably like, you know, they'll... they'll They probably can't do that legally, but they, they'll create a test. There we go. Oh, like the like, Wesley oh. test. Yep. Yeah, like the Wesley test. They'll they, they just, you know. They'll find they're, a reason. They're going to weed out the people they don't want anyway. Yeah, if Souter took the Wesley test of, okay, these two people are in peril and you can only save one of them, Souter would go in and shoot both of them in the head. <laughs> I, this is it. You know, maybe it's just because I've watched too much Deep Space Nine, but guys, I don't know. I'm thinking the Federation's the bad guy. Well, they do know too much. I mean, uh, you know, the the... The technology and the other thing, I mean, the perennial problem with like there seem to be no rules on the holodeck, Yikes. like that. That all always like you know, it, I um, I guess there's nothing to stop you from creating a hologram of Melix and murdering him every day. Apparently not. But it seems like that would. I I mean, I guess it would probably help you not be as violent, or 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 would it? <laughs> you I know mean, what I mean? Suter, like it. It seems Suter like at least. something. Suter at least makes it sound like he tried video games to get his violence out, but it didn't work. But for some people, it might be enough. Also, Carl, I am really sad because what this scenario is. Five years and almost 250 episodes in, you just came up with a better name for this podcast. Hmm? No rules on the holodeck. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, that's a good name. You can can use it as the, the episode title, perhaps. Maybe. I don't know. I was a fan of fun. Darwin is spinning in his grave. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. It's lame that he's named Darwin. That's stop being cute. So weird. Michael Pillar wrote the wrote the. Yeah, stop being cute, Michael. <laughs> oh, but he's got that hat. Yeah, I don't, I'm making Aww. shit up. I can't remember which one Michael Pillar is. Do you know something? I went down a kind of a rabbit hole. Tuvok refers to Cardassian pinochle. Yes, and something what? something bugs me about that. So I, I looked up pinochle. And it turns out at Pinochle, there is a type of hand that is in play called a meld. 
No! It's like, Mike, all right, Michael, look. We know you're excited. We know you like to sneak in the in-jokes, but you you really have to focus on the, the, the big stuff here. See me Chris after is class. aghast. <laughs> what's, what's sad is I should have realized that because there are... Melds are actually thinking a lot of different card games. Really? Yeah, yeah. Like, I think in a lot of even just common ones, it's just like, that's the formal name for a thing that you don't necessarily realize because no one calls them that. But you're, that is almost certainly why he did it. I am so sad right now. I know, I know. And I love this episode. I hate bringing up this sort of thing, but... Fucking, oh, it. God. Oh, ha, ha, ha. Mm. I'm. I feel like my violent uh, hold backers are being shut down right now. Mine definitely have just been. Yeah, that. Oof, oof, boy. Quick, someone change the subject. That was just. Well, no. should we? Are we? Do you have anything else on meld? I have one final line, and that's when Tuvok X asks uh, Suter if he knows what a mu- uh, meld is, and he's like, "It's that Falcon thing where you grab <laughs> someone's head." Yes, and I love, I love that line. That was a good. That, that was, was a great amazing line. line. <laughs> That's, yes. Because, uh, yeah, if you don't really know what it is, that's all you know about it. It's like, what, what the fuck are you it's doing? It's a portmanteau of uh, weld and melt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which actually, what it, it comes from uh, melon hold. <laughs> it comes from what? Melon hold. Because <laughs> you, you grab someone's head. Oh, melon hold. Got it. I was like, the fuck? Yeah. All right, let me see if I can segue us in without knowing what the hell we were talking about last. I think it's probably best just to admit we recorded this later, yeah, especially I'm, since I'm, Carl's I'm going missing. To, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address that in some way. <laughs> Speaking of awkward segues, this is a new version of an old recording. There we go. Yeah, we'll just keep that. Oh. <laughs> uh so speaking of threshold, which I'm sure we were just discussing a whole lot. I think all so. of this sounds oh, right? threshold. Yeah. Sure. What was that one uh, about again? Something about doorways. No, yeah, that's a- <laughs> yeah, door- doorways and lizards. Doorways oh, and lizards. Gross! Fuck that episode. So sadly, uh, Carl has turned into a lizard. Sorry, Carl. We'll see and you. Fucks Janeway. We'll see you and your lizard babies soon. But we're going to move on to our blogtivity, and just for a little bit of inside insider information, we're re-recording this later because otherwise, all the transformation chatter would have just been a goddamn beast. Yeah, we're gonna the, the original version was a bit of a drag. A little bit, yeah. So we're going to have a discussion right now that you can follow along on the Tumblr of our blogtivity this week. And in the spirit of all the th- great threshold character transformation that we just witnessed, we're talking character transformations, which we see a lot of throughout Star Trek. Mm-hmm. So instead of go going... And try to touch on each and every time because that's fucking exhausting. And most of them are just characters aging up and down. So many. It's, it's more than you think. It's like unnecessary. Most of the time you see a character transformation, it's them getting old or getting young. Yeah. Ear, weird flex Star Trek. But there's also a couple of really good or, or really memorable or often really bad character transformations that we can talk about. I'm going to actually let Jake talk about a character transformation first, because I know you've got a good one planned. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> transformation. Yeah. So uh, I think also just to be clear, I mean, we're talking about times when characters literally changed their forms. We're not just talking about like cosmetic surgery or a disguise or something. Oh, yeah. Like that. that could be a blogtivity of its own, because that happens a lot, too. So much. Yeah. So I think the one I wanted to talk a little bit about was... uh. Our old friend, way, way, way back 
in TOS. Oh, Charlie that far Evans. Back. I like Char- yes. I like this episode. This is you a good knew one. that was what I was gonna say. I know, but the audience didn't know I knew. Oh, now it's now it's a fix. I see. Yeah, Charlie Evans, and although Charlie Evans, I mean, I guess he himself is a bit of a transformation because he started out as a human and then was transformed into a magical being by the fucks that raised him. That's a good point. To be that little hellion. The Phasians. Uh, but, but I'm I'm more talking about what Charlie Evans does to various members of the. Oh, it's so cool. You know, he turns uh, people into lizard. You know, our very first one of our very first character transformations was uh, turning somebody into a lizard. And look where we are today. Oh, it's fitting. Full circle. Yeah. So we turn someone into a lizard. We steal multiple people's faces, although we only see the one. Yeah. That was a good effect too, especially especially for the '60s. The fact that that kind of holds up and you're still horrified by it—that's pretty cool. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I just think that's a really a cool thing, and I, I like that it's. Um, I like what they did with it. He also yeah. turns one of the women old. He turns a oh, younger right. woman yeah. into an old woman. The worst, a fate worse than death. Being old. <laughs> well, not to mention they weren't good. They aren't uh, good at old age makeup in like the nineties. So They're still not great at it. Yeah, in the two well, thousands. With that one, they just swapped in an actual old woman. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't, that okay. Wasn't in that case. Yeah. I'm old. The only time um, we see a TOS woman in pants after the cage. Oh, you're right. Although this, I think Daner got pants, but that was because that was the, the for the pilot. Daner got pantsed. Right, right. After the pilots, I should prank. have said. Uh-huh, good yeah. prank. Good joke. Yeah, but that's a that's a some good character transformations because that's I feel like it works so well in that episode that it's because of Charlie's powers. Mm-hmm. It's never you're never like taken out of it like you know in threshold when you're taken out of it and a whole lot at the end when you're like that's Ugh. not how the anything works, people. No. No, that's a good choice, Jake. Oh, who else wants to talk about character transformations? I think the answer is Caitlin. I was going to say, Chris just poked me, so I guess it's me. (laughs) So I kind of like the splitting one entity in half into two entities thing. I guess, obviously, the first time we saw it was with Good Kirk and Evil Kirk, and I'm Captain Kirk! I'm Captain Kirk! I'm Spartacus! (laughs) But then we saw it again in Voyager with Bellana Torres, and I kind of feel like, as much as the TOS one is kind of infamous for being goofy, at least in my opinion. So I guess infamous for me, it's not really infamous. Let me try again. Even though <laughs> I thought the TOS one was cheesy and kind of funny, I think it actually hit the mark a little bit better than this. And the reason why I say that... Wait, the it, TOS one or the Voyager one? The TOS one. Okay. And the reason why I think that is because being split into these good and evil traits, that's much more black and white, right? Mm. It's like, a thi- well, and even though like arguably it's moral, so what does that really mean? Like we have a set of values that we are agreeing are good or evil. Sure. Like good Kirk doesn't try to rape women. That's good. We like that, you yeah. know, and whatever. But, and he's a wimp apparently, which I guess means that like violence isn't good. You know, I'm kind of down with that too. But when they do it with Balana. She gets split into her Klingon half and her human half, and they kind of make her human half be kind of weak and wimpy and a crybaby, and they make her Klingon half a big, strong, butchy creature who is, like, not sensitive and just, like, hard-headed and just kind of goes for it. And while I understand why they did that, I kind of feel like they don't nail it because 
There's a lot of different facets to humanity. There are plenty of human beings who are brave and plenty who are cowardly. There are plenty who are smart or stupid, plenty who like go running into battle and those who don't. And as far as Klingons go, even though we mostly again see this monoculture thing, like it is well established that that writing love poetry is part of their courtship and they claim Shakespeare as being a Klingon. So somebody <laughs> out there is writing theater, you know, so I kind of feel like just saying a human being is a little bitch and a Klingon is just brute strength. It doesn't really seem... It sells both BCs short. Yeah, you know? I still like it, and I loved getting to know both sides of Torres, and it was cool to see sort of how they sort of fight together within her, because that's kind of a thing about her character, which is that she's sort of at odds with the two sides of her personality. But it's almost like they only showed us the negative aspects about both sides of her personality when mm. I think especially for her as a character, it would be more important for her to embrace the positive aspects of both sides of, the, well, of her. They did show us that human Balana was where all of the engineering talent comes from. And That's true. That's Bellana weird. is dumb as a rock. Yeah, that was uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad choice. Yeah, but right. it's, that's the thing, though, is like Klingons have ships, though. So like somebody must have a working brain cell over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we I mean, met I know a you Klingon know. engineer. Yeah? Yeah, I don't know. It's just, anyway, I really like it, but it's sort of like, you know, again, even though it's sort of making, it's... It's kind of like when you take certain data sets and you make it say what you want. You kind of feel like that's what they did here. They cherry picked mm. yeah, and they it was did. I think, a disservice. Yeah, in my I think opinion. from a, a strictly character transformation point of view, like the the splitting of her into into two characters is fucking horrifying. Like they did a good job like making that a, a like a, a really conflicting element of the of yeah. the of the whole story and they made both characters basically because even though it's only it's it's a uh, Roxanne Dawson both times that they make the the two of her looked really distinct and look yeah. really good yeah so that I think was some positives for that for that character transformation definitely yep which That's I really guess cool. you could argue that that is one definitely a way that it's better than the original TOS one because the only way we could tell good Kirk from bad Kirk is that bad Kirk bared the mark of trying to assault a woman and so he got scratched across the face otherwise and they were basically the exact eyeliner. same Yes. Oh, that's true. But I mean, all boys should wear eyeliner, so I don't mm -hmm. find that a I don't find that to be a good uh, a good I, characterization. I will say to your point, I think at the very least, the "I'm Captain Kirk" is definitely a frequent go-to for people trying to show off when like TOS is cheesy. Oh yeah. So that sequence, <laughs> at least, is infamous, if nothing else. Oh, thank you. Like either the series as a whole, or just hey, let's make fun of Shatner specifically. That is used so much. Truth. Truth. No, I think that's a that's a very interesting choice. Yeah, because I, I don't think I originally really thought of the splitting in half element like that. But yeah, mm. that's really it's it's very transformative, yeah. and it also like worked well in the episodes. And it was another one, you know, unlike Threshold, in which you're like, I'm I'm buying all of this, even though there's a lot of weird techno babble, there's a lot of weird medical babble in in Bellana's case. Yeah, good choices. Yeah. No thanks. Couldn't have done it without you, girl. <laughs> Chris, do you have a character transformation to bring to the table? Uh, sort of a grouping. Ooh. Uh, I was going to discuss Assimilation by the Bjorg. Yes! And, gotta say, Jean-Luc Picard is a lucky motherfucker. Truth. It's like, yeah, he got assimilated, but they decided just to give him a power glove instead of chopping off his fucking arm. Because <laughs> by the time we get to First Contact... We see the Borg are like, no, no, chop off that fucking arm. 
There is that one very unpleasant bit where somebody's amputated stump is just wiggling around with the little plug and they chalk on that thing. And it's just like, wow. I mean, you don't want to be assimilated at all. But if you've got to, like he definitely got like. (laughs) Yeah, go the Lacutious route. Yeah, he, he got the least shitty version. Like when they put him back to him they didn't also have to give him a luke skywalker hand it was just like oh, that'd be great though i feel like if they if they were to borgify someone in a, in one of the modern shows that's mm. what they would do and then they would show like oh and star trek has all this medical stuff where they can have an they can regrow your arm in some way or yeah something like that. that's true yeah but i'd like to think that it would go in sort of like an apt pupil direction where the hand continues to be like an evil borg thing and oh, try no. to like strangle him that's kind of funny <laughs> But yeah, there's the upgrade. Oh no, did I say, what did I say? Apt pupil. I meant dark half. Apt pupil is about Nazis. That's that's what I thought. Sorry. I didn't say anything. I don't know either, so I'm taking taking your word um, for it, which is a a mistake. Yeah, that's true. Stephen King short story, uh, apt pupil, but the other was a book about like a guy who, I don't know, like he... Uh, absorbed his evil twin in oh, in the in the womb, and so he has good and he's evil Kirk and good Kirk, basically. Huh. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, Picard got off lucky. You know, when they get to the movies, and I think when we see Borg and Voyager, you know, they've they've I'm got the like forward. they they the skin goes from just being white to being like horribly greasy and mottled, mm-hmm. and it's got the little black lines to suggest the like yeah. nanoprobes in the blood. It, you know, Borg the, the, Queen looks great. Yeah, yeah. And the little, like, you know, in the which in the show was like a little press against the neck. Now you see the tube shoot out, you know, because there's some sort of bizarre zombie vampire hybrid thing. <laughs> um, but also from just a metaphorical point of view, you know, the fact that it is, you know, assimilation. And when you think of assimilating culture, you know, they say, oh, your technological and biological distinctiveness will be added to our own. But in reality, it doesn't change anything about the Borg. They still fly around in their horrible twisty pipe cubes you end up just as some kind of drone which is this ungodly mishmash of techno goth like yeah they have it in their archives somewhere now but you haven't actually embraced any of the cultures in a way you're not actually improving yourself you're just collecting more data well i think they are i just think that it's everything everything is so diluted that you don't see it as much on the outside like yeah or that but either way i, I think, I think a lot of the changes that you that you mentioned between our tng borgs and our movie and voyager borgs could potentially be chalked up to the borgs acquiring new new stuff i suppose that's true you kind of got to figure though that they probably only pick up anything useful every, you know, one in 20 species at this point, too, because they've been at it for a while. Yeah, but yeah, I guess that's that's another way to look at it. And that's a good in-universe explanation for the change, because, of course, in reality, it's just Budget. more money and tech <laughs> improvements. But um, like the na- like the nanoprobe things, like the little, yeah. little things that shoot people in the neck. I, I feel love like we that. We see those in, in TNG, but it's we such a good effect. I it love is. that effect so much. But uh, either way, either, you know, I think Jake also gets to it and with the way he describes it's like the problem with kind of, you know, like it's always been sort of the issue of the idea of the American melting pot. Like if everything's kind of melted, then all that comes out is a weird slurry. And really what you want is a, a way to sort of bring people together, but allow them to still be distinctive. And that's not the case with the board. You know, everything just winds up this weird techno goth they don't even have a culture by the end of the day their culture is just to consume so i think as as a metaphor they're actually quite clever 
and maybe proves that, to a certain extent, while Eddington kind of has a point comparing Starfleet to the Borg, that it's not a perfect 1-1, because you still can stand out as an individual in the Federation, less so in Starfleet, but that's because they're a military organization and have certain regulations and such. But yeah, there's a way to sort of bring cultures together well and bring them together poorly. And I think Borg assimilation is a good idea example of it done poorly. And that's what sort of makes them more overtly bad than just, say, a bunch of people willingly coming together to share what is best about themselves. Yeah, and likening it a little bit to our discussion of Threshold, which we just had, wink, wink. If, if Threshold is saying, like, the way that society, that people's, that biological people's advance is to kind of go backwards to lizards, perhaps, if that's what's mm. necessary, it sounds like the way that that cultures advance can also be in a way that isn't, that doesn't seem progressive, that doesn't seem positive to the people who are being transformed. Yeah, I will say, I guess, gun to my head, I'd probably rather be a techno-goth than a lizard. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know. If you're a lizard, you get to, you get to have offspring with Janeway. <laughs> lizard sex is probably bad. Anyway, what do you got, Abes? I was going to say, yeah, because... After I, I asked you guys to bring uh, an example of character transformations to the table, just so we're not talking about 8,000 different uh, episodes right now, I was surprised that we haven't talked at all about a couple of the ones that are, are ones that I think are really interesting to talk about. So just a very, very quick honorable mention to, like, fucking Identity Crisis, the one where Jordy turns into a glow-in-the-dark ape. Because mm. uh. that one is wild. Yep. And also, like, the, the effects looked good. I remember it not being, like, the best episode, but I remember Glow in the Dark Jordy was a lot of fun. Mm, yeah. And also to the TNG episode Transfigurations, which was kind of the reason why I wanted to have this, this discussion today, was because that, that example is just so off the wall lazy. Oh, God, because is that the yellow up, suit guy? It's just a guy running around Ugh. in a yellow suit with a lot of light shown on him. And, oh, oh, that's sad. You can see the wrinkles in the cloth. It's real bad, guys. It's pretty sad, yeah. Yeah, but the one I'm going to actually bring bring to our character transformation table to talk about a little more is fucking Genesis! Because how can we not talk about character transformations without talking about Genesis? Oh, the, sorry. I'm like, Bring me Genesis? Like, I still don't know what we're talking about. I, I got caught in the Star Trek 2 and 3 loop. Oh, wait, the movie. No, no, no there is that's no Nemesis. Uh, what no. are we talking about? The, the evolution. The, the, the TNG episode Genesis, in which Barkley turns into a spider creature. Ugh. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Troy turns into a, a, a serpent creature of some kind. Yeah. Worf turns into a beast. Some sort of um, lobster monster. <laughs> lobster monster. Uh, Nurse Ogawa turns into kind of a Neanderthal or an ape. And Riker also turns kind of into like an ape kind of a thing. A lot of weird shit happens in fucking God. Genesis. If you got to transform into something, you don't want to transform into the female version of whatever Riker just fucking turned into. Because you know he's going to try to plow. <laughs> no. I mean, the thing is, Ogawa and Riker are the only two that, for the humans at least, that makes sense. Because, yeah, right, like, supposedly, into a spider. you mean Barkley? Yes, you're right, you're Barkley. Like, that doesn't make sense. Barkley, as far as we know, is human. So he descended from Neanderthals and ape creatures, so should have turned into one of them, not a spider. 
Yeah, that's this episode, and just in in light of our discussion with Threshold about how none of this makes sense and the Oof. nonsense of it takes you so far out of the episode. Genesis takes you so far out of the oh episode. My God. Spot again. Everyone turns into a lizard. Spot turns into a fucking iguana, just like Charlie Evans turned Yeoman Tina Lawton into an iguana. Because when you need another creature, you just get an iguana from the iguana store. And it's absolutely absurd. I'll say the makeup all looks fucking astoundingly good. That's true. I'll give you that. But the episode on the whole is just so nonsensical. Oh, it is garbage. That, okay. What makes more sense? Genesis and everyone turns into random fucking monsters because oh, no. Barkley was sick one day? No. Or Threshold, we're going no. past the warp barrier, we're going past warp 10, turns you into a lizard. I mean, there's at least no they comparison. Both, at least they both turned into the same thing. True. I, mm, I, mm, uh, um, fuck. I mean, they're so, both yeah. terrible. I, I wanted to pose that to you guys just because, like, I know people shit on Threshold or not. I know it's, I know a lot of people consider Threshold the worst one of Voyager. Ooh, scary. Well, honestly, if that's the worst, it's definitely not horrible. I mean, it's not it was great. almost a good episode until the last five minutes, but pretty much, yeah. Like I, I give you Genesis made just about as much fucking sense. I, it made less. I mean, <laughs> I, mm. I mean, the, the worst part is like honestly, if it just hadn't been for the Barkley thing, because like right. it's like why is Troy turning into a lizard monster? It's like, well, we don't know. She's part alien. Maybe that makes mm-hmm. sense for a Beta Z. I always heard it Zoid or Z. Betazoid. Betazoid. But like. Barkley becoming a fucking spider just doesn't fucking... Just, I don't know. It does sort of make sense. He is fucking creepy. Well, yes, but he's still... <laughs> yeah, you know. human, allegedly. Yeah. Um, but again, definitely creepy. I can't remember if we saw any other people, humans turn into, like, things that didn't make sense, but I mostly remember Picard became cowardly as he devolved, which, okay. Yeah, strange. we never saw what he was going to be, but I think... Data surmised that I have a feeling you're going to turn into some kind of ta- like a like a small monkey or something. Oh yeah, he did say that. Like a yeah, like a tape, not not a tapir. A actually, lemur, something lemur like. Actually, isn't no. a tapir a four legged thing? The yeah, big, I, I thought the wrong word. dick car- thing isn't that that thing? Yeah, tapirs. Yeah, it's a weird little like a looks like a teeny elephant almost. Well, except the head's there. Anyway. Uh, I could make a really cheap joke and say that, you know, he got cowardly because he had devolved into a 1940s Frenchman, but I won't do that because oh. I'm too classy. Oh, wait. Nope, Chris Chris won't make that joke. I can't imagine anyone would make that joke. Obviously not the free French. They were, they were ballsy. Didn't they only do away with the guillotine in the 70s? I don't think anybody should be fucking with the French. <laughs> not hard to bring it back. God, That's I true. genuinely can't decide which is worse. I'm... Because neither makes any sense, and it's awful, and... Both of them have good makeup. True. True. I I guess I'll... Genesis has kittens. True. Oh, I love kittens. The kittens were very cute. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, that makes even less sense. You know what? It's Genesis. Genesis makes no (laughs) sense. Because, like, how did a lizard... Like, I get the idea was that somehow being, being... Like, I remember they said that somehow being, like... Not born yet is what Neonatal. prevented the kittens from devolving. But Spot had turned into something that lays eggs. How I mean, did that's it, how cats breed? How did it still have a womb? 
Well, maybe it didn't literally turn into. It was in the. It was on the way to lizard. Yeah, maybe it was still happening. I don't know. Yeah, no, Genesis. Fuck it's, Genesis. Of the two, great. it's the dumber. Yeah, I know we're gonna see more. We're kind of kind of seeing more character transformations as we go along. I'm am looking forward to seeing, as Chris said, like the the rest of the Borg in Voyager because they're mm-hmm. so much fun and they all look. They all also have really good makeup, so that'll be a good time. Yeah, so definitely keep hanging on with us because we're going to be getting to those in in a couple of months, probably. We'll get to some good Borg in Voyager. Uh, meantime, Borg we're going to... Borg action. Borg, Borg, Borg. Borg, Borg, Borg. Tried, tried to make it into a Swedish chef and gave up on it immediately. Good job, Ames. Uh, I, was, I week... was there with you. I got it. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no, I got it. <laughs> So we're going to talk about more things next week. Woo! Shocking everyone. We're still going to be around. Yeah. Uh, next week, our episodes are going to be Dreadnought and Death Wish. Ooh, good week. Good week next week. Real yes. exciting. week. As usual, as I said, definitely be following us on the Tumblr so that you can see and follow along with the blog posts for all these activities. Check them out there. Keep listening to us on the SoundCloud. You can listen to our almost 250 episodes that we've um, recorded so far, plus our 10 forwards and specials and other bullshit. You can friend us on Facebook. You can friend us on Twitter. You can do all kinds of fucking things. I already said what we'll do next week. So that's it for me. This has been Ames. This has been Caitlin. This has been Jake. This has been Chris. This has been Carl. Thank you for joining us again, Carl. Thanks, Thank Carl. you. It was fun. Yeah, Good times. Clean break so I don't have to <laughs> keep any of that in. Jesus Christmas. <laughs>